Turn to Luke chapter uh, 10 tonight. I'm going to give you a little thought on the very familiar passage. Uh, chapter 10, verse number 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit the eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou lovest thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself. Now let me just stop there right this minute. He's willing to justify himself. I don't find anywhere where anybody has condemned this man. Jesus didn't condemn this man. The crowd didn't condemn this man. His conscience condemned this man. It, the conscience did it, but he's going to justify himself. We do that a lot with God, don't we? Amen. Uh, we... we we see the fire back in the uh, uh, local church, we're going to have to get right with God and be honest with God and quit trying to justify our sin and our carnality uh, and our worldliness when God pinpoints some area of your life or some sin in your life. Uh, quit trying to justify it. Just repent of it and get right with God. But he's willing to justify himself and said unto Jesus, and who is thy neighbor? These, these are smart people, ain't they? So we go into what is called the Good Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went low, went to him, and bound his wounds, poured in oil and wine, set on him his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord, for each one that's here. Open our hearts and lives, Lord. We just may receive the word. Help us to understand, Lord, and help us to get on fire for you again, Father. We'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. When I read this story uh, that we've heard all our life, you've been in church any time, we've heard this story over and over. When I see this man laying here helpless and hopeless on the side of the road, uh, he has been broken, he has been bruised, he has been battered, and this old world by this old world. And when I see that, I see myself laying by the side of the road, uh, helpless, without hope. Uh, but thank God Jesus came down the road one day. I, I love that song. When I could not go to where he was, he, he came to where I was. Amen. Let me tell you something. We have, have a lost joy in our churches today. We've got the lost fire in our churches today. We've gotten as dry as cracker juice today. We're about to die out. We've caught and got, we've gotten over the thrill of being saved. God came by our way. You can think about that day when God came by your way. Listen, we get excited about ball games, amen? 
We get excited about the lottery. People want to retire on the lottery. They get excited about killing a deer or catching a fish. It's about time we get excited about Jesus again. We need to get that joy back again. Thinking about when he came to me, uh, where I was at, I, I was lost. I love, I, I'm, at, I, I, I'm glad that old story has not grown old in my life and cold. It still thrills my soul to think about where he brought me from and where he's taking me to. I want you to notice four things about this chapter here. There was a road that lead downward. Verse number 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem. Now if you look on the map where Jericho is in Jerusalem, uh, if you look on the map, uh, uh, Jericho is actually northeast of Jerusalem. You say, well, that's a contradiction. It would appear to be a contradiction, but uh, you're a Bible believer like I am. There is no contradictions in the Word of God. Amen. I, I don't care what you're being taught today in the schools or what the uh, world is trying to teach you. You have a King James Bible in your hand. You can trust it that what it says is it is the truth. But what we're dealing here is not necessarily a change of direction, but a change of elevation. Jericho is actually about 3,400 feet below Jerusalem. So if you leave Jerusalem, no matter which way you're traveling, you're going down. You're going down. He, he's leaving the holy city of Jerusalem and heading to that cursed city of Jericho. This is a picture of man descending down into the destruction and sin. The sad reality, the sad truth tonight is uh, there are a whole lot of people that are on that road, uh, that downward road uh, to the uh, sin and the destruction. There's more on that downward road than on the upward road to the city of God. They're heading to the despair. They're heading into defeat. And a lot of people on that road tonight are in misery. There are people sitting in church tonight to, uh, and being preached to that are heading on that downward road tonight. Amen. I love the saying, there's people slipping off the pews right into hell because they refuse to get a hold of the Word of God and let the Word of God get a hold of them. So we see this man is heading down the road of destruction. Then there were the robbers that left him for dead in verse 30. He fell among the thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. This is what happens on that downward road. It's not your friend. It's not going to end well. It doesn't matter how long you've been on that road. You said, I've been on this road a long time. It seems like I'm doing all right. You just stay on that wrong road long enough and sooner or later you're going to have problems in your life. These robbers in this text could represent today's society. How society is trying to kill you. How society is trying to shut you up. Uh, how society is trying to wound you. They don't want you to speak of God. They don't want you to speak of Jesus. They don't want you even to speak the word of God, the house. Uh, it's, they won't destroy your homes. They want to destroy the churches. You can see these robbers are a picture of today's society. And the robbers also represent Satan. How he tempts 
He wants to destroy our testimony, amen? Robbers of our joy, amen? Robbers, he robs, uh, uh, represents self. How are our problems we hear today that we like to blame on everybody else and we like to point fingers at somebody else. We like to blame the devil on all our problems. But let me just say this. All your 90% of your problems come from self. Doing what self wants to do. Getting self in problems. Getting self into trouble. Getting all your problems. And you don't want to just blame everybody for what you've done. We see that represents us. Sin has left this man in a deadful state. Sin hurts man. It's not good to be in a sinful state in your life. We see the, uh, the depriving of sin. It said these robbers stripped him. Can I say that sin will never leave, it will never, uh, uh, leave you better than what it finds you. Sin always takes. Sin never gives anything to you. Sin will deprive you of your family. How many families have been destroyed today because of sin got into families? Sin will deprive you of your finances. You'll notice it ain't cheap. It's expensive to sin today. Sin will deprive you of your faith. The further you get away from God, the further you are wandering away from God, your faith gets weaker and weaker and weaker and you'll be slipped off into that eternity without God. Sin takes things from you. It never gives anything to you. We see the discomfort of sin in verse number 30. They, and the, it said they wounded him. This man is wounded to the point he cannot help himself. You know, when you was lost in sin, you cannot help yourself. I could not save you. You could not save me. The church could not save me. Being baptized could not save me. Joining a church could not save me. I, I couldn't save nothing. I, 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 even the pastor could not even save me. There's only one that can save you. There's only one that can help you. There's only one that healed you on the side of the road when you're in that downward spiral of sin. There's only one that you can reach out to. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the deadness of sin. It said that it left him half dead. The Bible said in Romans chapter 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. It's still in the Bible. It has not been taken out. Sin never leaves a man better off than when he finds him. Uh, it ain't, uh, ain't the truth about alcohol. Alcohol never leaves a man better off than when it finds him. Uh, uh, drugs doesn't leave a man better off when it finds him. Uh, it cannot help you. And nobody is better off living in sin. I'm telling you, sin destroys. It destroying our homes. It's destroying our children. It's destroying our families. And it's destroying our churches today because we let sin get inside the churches today. It's a sad story today. Sadly, it gets worse. Because verse 31 and verse 32, religion comes by. Religion didn't help him. Religion looked on him with disgust. Can I say religion within itself has never helped any man or woman? And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. 
And likewise, a Levite, when he was at this place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Religion walks and looks and at him and says, I don't want anything to do with you. Verse 31, the priest represents the law. Can I say the law has failed man? Oh, the law will show us how bad we are. It will show you what kind of shape you're in. It cannot excuse you. It cannot redeem you. It cannot save you. There are a lot of people today that's gotten into the law that has led Jesus out of it. They want to do it on their own. I'll turn on a new leaf myself. I'll do it some self-reformation. You can't do it yourself. The law cannot help you. But apart from Jesus, you'll still be on the side of the road, broken, hopeless, without help. I'm telling you, there's some people thinking they're going to heaven because they started out coming to church. And I'm going to the church, and I'm saved, I'm right, I'm going to church. And they're still trying to live by the law. Going to church is not going to get you to heaven. I'm sad to say. A lot of people think that going to church is going to get them into heaven. I, I got my name on the roll book. I got my name in the church book. Uh, membership, uh, it is not recorded in heaven. Verse 32, the Levite comes by. The Levite shows curiosity but has no compassion. The Levite represents education and learning. They will well learn the Levites. Not only... The law failed this man, but learning also failed him. You can have the best education in this world has to offer, but if it ain't good enough to get you to side off the side of the road, uh, when the world has beaten you half to death, uh, can I say education? Without salvation is nothing but damnation. Uh, we are living in a society today that puts an emphasis on education. And don't get, don't get me wrong about this. I say education. You need to work hard, study hard, and get an education. But it does not take the fact that Jesus Christ is still the only way to heaven. You can't, you can't get so educated you get outsmart God. You say, well, uh, if I'm educated, what that's going to do to me? Well, you and your education will be burning in the lake of fire if you don't have Jesus Christ. It cannot save you. Even Bible education can't save you. Well, I know a lot of Bible. Well, I know a lot of people know a lot about the Bible, but they ain't saved. And they in church. I, 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 people just want to argue about the Bible. Can I say this? There are a lot of people who know a lot about the Bible. They're not saved. But can I tell you this? The devil knows a lot about the Bible too. Amen. In fact, that's what he tried to tempt Jesus with in the wilderness. He, he used the Word of God to tempt him with. Amen. Don't think the devil sitting out and done don't know nothing about the Word of God. He will tempt you with the Word of God. He knows the Word of God. You better know what God has said. Know what thus the Lord has said. Now, it doesn't say in the Bible, I kind of wonder if, if these fellows were on their way to, to church, to the temple. Kind of wonder that. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were going to be teaching in the synagogue that day. And yet they just didn't have time to stop by and reach out. The story says that a man was running late to church. He stopped and get some gas and he was in a hurry. 
started pumping the gas, and this man walked by and looked at him and said, Sir, I see you got one of those I heart Jesus on your bumper sticker. The man was pumping the gas. He said, Sir, I, I see you got a I heart Jesus on your bumper sticker. The man finished his gas and hung up his bumper. He said, Listen here, guy, I ain't got time to mess with you. I, I'm late for church. He missed the point. We miss the point a lot of times. We get so busy in this world thinking about other things that somebody standing right beside you needs to know the Word of God and they're reaching out. There are a lot of people in this world that are looking for help and we seem to walk by without reaching out. Here this Levite and this priest, they walked by. They could have easily reached out and helped. But you know what? We're the same way like this priest. We're the same way like this Levite. When somebody we see that we really don't want to take care of, that we really don't want to notice, they don't like their kind if we don't want to take care of. They're down in the ditch. They're down and out. We don't want to reach out and help them. I'll just go to the other side of the road and act like I never saw them. That's the way the church is today. If I don't see it, I can't help it. God sees you not seeing. Amen. Let me just say that. God sees you. You know what they call that? That's called showboat religion. Just, just doing it to be seen. Amen. I, I'll, I'll do it because the church sees me. As I, 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 I'm doing it because I see me. I, I'm doing it. I'm not doing it to do anything else. God says what you do in pri- private. Just do the things. Reach out and help. You don't need to be patted on the back. You don't need the accolades. You just need to reach out and help those that are lost and undone. But thank God the story don't end there. Amen. I mean, if he left it at the robbers, we'd have been, we'd have been bad off. But we, we went downhill when the priest come by and the priest wouldn't even look at us. The priest wouldn't help us. We're, we're bad off. And the priest says, I don't want nothing to do with you. And then the Levite, uh, he, he knew the Bible. He knew what the scripture said. But he said, I don't want to do it. But thank God. There was another one coming down the road. I'm glad this story didn't end there. Psalms 41 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. I say hallelujah for the day that Jesus Christ came by the roadside where I was laying at. I was lost and undone. I was on that downward spiral and sin. Hallelujah. He didn't just look at me and say, you're not worth it. He didn't say, I'll just go by you on the other side. No, he reached down and where I was at and he picked me up. He dusted me off. Thank God someone else came down the road. Religion will walk by the pit. There, there are those that throw the law in the pit and tell you, work your way out of it. Others will throw some water in the pit with you and say, swim your way out of it. There are some that say, you need to have a positive look and think your way out of it. But I'm glad that when I was in that pit, drowning in the pit of sin, it wasn't religion that came by. My, it wasn't education came by. It was none other than Jesus Christ. And he reached out and picked me up and shook me off. He pulled me out of that pit. Uh, he took me from that pit and put me into a pulpit. Thank God for the Jesus Christ. Then we see the Redeemer who loved him dearly. 
Aren't you glad that he loved you? Verse 32, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. Now, back in 31, verse 31, it said, and by chance he came. By chance there came a certain priest. In other words, he just happened to be coming by that same way. In verse 32, it said, and likewise for the Levite just happened to be coming by that way. Oh, but this man, Jesus, he came on with a purpose. It was not an accident that he came by your way one day. Can I say he's still coming by those that are in need? He's still coming by those that are hurting tonight. He's still coming by those that are lost in that pit on the side of the road. He's still coming by. He is a man on a mission. Bible said in Luke 19 and 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And He's still doing it that day. He's still saving those that are lost. Aren't you glad about that tonight? Aren't you glad that Jesus is still on a mission to save this lost and dying world? We see His coming. We see His compassion. And when He saw Him, He had compassion on Him. Unlike the robbers wanting to money and kill him. Unlike religion that would not reach out and show compassion. We see the care in verse 34. And he went to him and bound him with wounds and poured oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an end and took care of him. The oil is a picture of the Holy Spirit. The comforter we call him. Ain't you glad that when you got saved, Jesus didn't leave you by yourself. He says, I'll send a comforter. I'm glad that we are saved. We're born again. We have that Holy Spirit in our life. And he said, he's poured the wine on him. The wine is a picture of joy. I'm so glad that I got saved. He gave me the wine. He gave me the joy. And he put the Holy Spirit in my soul. I'm so glad about the day I got saved. I'm glad Jesus put something in my life where nobody else would do that. I'm glad I can still feel that Holy Spirit. I can still feel the joy that He fills my soul tonight. And can I say there's spirit becomes for the joy. You got to have the spirit before you get the joy. <laughs> I, I, I know there's some churches, boy, they preach joy, 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 and the Spirit ain't nowhere near it. Uh, you come to church and you say, have you got joy? I don't know. Well, you just stand up front and sing a while and jump a while and hoop and holler. You'll get joy sooner or later. Yeah, but joy without the Spirit is still lost and undone. You're on your way to hell. You got to have the Spirit before you can get joy. They want the joy without praying. They want the joy without the church. They want the joy without preaching today. There are churches that way. It's that modern day religion that we're living in today. Our country is full of that today. He brought them to an end, a picture of the church. I like that. We, we need people to come to church that are hurting. We need people that are down and out. On their last leg to say, 
have no other way. They, they hit rock bottom. And nobody in the world certainly ain't going to care about you. The world certainly ain't going to reach out and try to help you. You need to find a church that says, I'll reach out and help you. I'll help you do what you need to do. I'll come to you. We need churches today that open the door and say, come in, come in and be saved and receive the Spirit of God. I'm glad that I found the church. I'm glad God put me in this church. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. I, I'm glad. I, I talk about going back to Florida so much, it's pitiful. But I can't afford to go back to Florida. <laughs> I, I don't think I could find another church like this down in Florida. <laughs> but I'm glad God has put me in a church where people love you and people care about you. Hey when, this, hey, when this church says they're praying for you, they're praying for you. It ain't no holding back. Uh, they pray for you. They're reaching. They're trying to help you. They want to see you succeed uh, in the Word of God. They want to see you succeed in the church. They want to see you get saved and get right with God. And let me just say, that's what the church is supposed to do. Oh, man, we got so many churches today that's just gotten it backwards gotten it backwards I, I love what he said I, 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 I've got to go I'm going to give you the money i got to go and when I come back I'll pay you the difference Jesus said i got to go but I'm coming back I, I'm coming back see there, there's a lot of religion today that don't want Jesus to come back <laughs> There are a lot of educated people today that doesn't want Jesus to come back. Why don't they want him to come back? I'm begging him to come back. I'm looking forward to him to come back. I'm waiting for the clouds to rip open and say, hear that trumpet sound. And he steps out and says, come on home. I'm ready. See, they don't want him to come back because they don't belong to him. They'll lose what, <laughs> they'll lose what they have established. And I'm telling you, there's some churches that have been established on religion and not God. On education and not God. They'll lose that. They don't want to lose that. You know what the original question was for this? Who is my neighbor? And I thought about that. Jesus could not have answered it any better when he said in verse 37, and he said, he that showed mercy on him. It's time the church starts showing mercy. It's time the Christians start showing mercy. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. He gave him this story of this good Samaritan. He showed them that, hey, there are people in this world that are turning their backs on them, will not help at all. But there's one, there is one that reached out and helped, and one that done all he could for him. He said, that's what I want you to do. I want you to be just like the good Samaritan. When you see somebody in need the help, now just reach out and help them. Touch them. Give them the word of God. Show them the plan of God. Get them in the house of God. Because let me tell you what, you can get healed in the house of God. I, some people don't believe you can get healed in the house of God. I believe you can get healed. In fact, I know you can get healed. I was supposed to have soul, uh, shoulder surgery about 15, well, about now. Been here 12 years. 
something like that, 12 years, I think. About 11 years ago, they want to do surgery on me. And I told the doc, hold it. I don't want surgery. Came on to church that Sunday night or Wednesday night, I can't remember. And church prayed for me. I ain't had to have surgery on my shoulder yet. God heals. God still heals. You know someone's sick and fighting and going through things, get them to the house of God. Let the people of God get around them, anoint them, lay hands on them, and watch God do some great things in their life, and God will bless you for it. Do you want the blessing of God in your life? I do. Boy, I do. And I, I, I want to see God do great things in this church. And I want to see God do great things with you. Amen. We need to be like just, just exactly like this good Samaritan. I don't care who it is. I, I know, don't get me wrong, I know there are some people who don't like some people coming to church. I know that. You just got to get over that. You just got to get over it. You got to get over it. Because every <laughs> Jesus died for every soul. Amen. Every soul, no matter how bad they are right now, or no matter how good they are, Jesus still died for them. I don't care what color they are, what creed they are, where they're from, how bad they are. Jesus died for them. And if he died for them, he died for you, we should, hey, God loves you. God loves you. We're not doing that no more. We don't do that anymore. We, we have gotten to the point that we are just going through the motions. We could get that fire. <laughs> Boy, Don preached about the fire. I, I just, I, I'm just telling you, you see it in churches, you, like that dead church. You get that dead church smell on you, it's hard to shake it off. Maybe you say, what's that dead smell smells like? Well, you get around one, you'll know. You get around one, you'll know. You go, ain't nothing going on in this church. One well, man said, he was preaching in there, and they said somebody died and took the ambulance. Ten people found out which one they did. So they got the right one. Because ain't nobody breathing in church no more. Ain't nobody, there is no exciting in church no more. Let me just say this. If, if all you got is salvation, you should shout the house down every time you come through the door. Why? Because you could be in hell. You, you, you could be in hell right now. Hell could be your home right now. If all you got is salvation, you ought to be shouting the house down when you come through the door. Thank God I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I know where I'm going. I'm saved. But you know what? He gave us so much more. So much more. Look at the benefits of being a child of God. He loves you. He cares for you. He puts you with other people. You know what? And I love being around other Christians. I love it. You, you start hanging out with the wrong crowd, you start acting like them. You start acting like them. I know that. I've done that before myself. You hang out with the wrong crowd, you start doing the wrong thing. You start hanging out with the right crowd and keep those people around you. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. God loves you. Reach out to somebody. There's somebody in your life right now that you know that needs the word of God in their life. You know they need it. Have you given it to them? Have you just said, you know, Jesus loves you. 
That's all it takes. Jesus loves you. That's all it takes.